What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Four Quarters Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Lonzo Ball and him covering up his big baller brand tattoo. Meanwhile, Stephen A. Smith had a hot take about Zion Williamson and why he may not be needed in the NBA. Also, the Brooklyn Nets are going to the playoffs. I repeat, the Brooklyn Nets are going to the playoffs. Keep it locked. Four Quarters Podcast. So normally when you cover up a tattoo, it's after a huge breakup. You don't want to remember the person who you got the ink for, right? Well, it's a similar situation with Los Angeles Lakers point guard Lonzo Ball, who earlier this week covered up his big baller brand tattoo with a pair of dice. Now, the tattoo on his forearm just simply has the big baller brand logo, his family's sports apparel company. Ball also erased the big baller brand from his social media. Now, what's going on here? Basically, it looks like Lonzo Ball is distancing himself from his family's brand, you know, owned and ran by his father, LeVar Ball. This basically comes after an ESPN report about Ball having severed ties with Big Baller brand co-founder Alan Foster, basically over concerns that the longtime family friend had a criminal past and had been unable to account for the whereabouts of $1.5 million of Lonzo Ball's personal business accounts. And that's crazy. You got somebody looking over your accounts and they have no idea what the hell's going on. If I'm Lonzo, I'm concerned as well. So the tattoo basically comes in the wake of that. Lonzo has been pretty terrible as of late. You know, he's been injured. He, you know, he hasn't been his normal self, what we know him to be, his potential to be. And then you had that incident you know, a while back where he got hurt, you know, with wearing the shoe, you know, he twisted his ankle. After that, I mean, that's that's the final straw for me. Basically, if I'm wearing, like, my family's shoe, my, if my dad has a shoe and it sucks, I'm not going to wear it anymore. Lonzo seemed to be, seemed to have been putting up with this for a long time, probably forced to wear the shoe by his dad. Now he can kind of wash his hands of it. I don't know what his dad is thinking right now. I know his dad's pretty outspoken and, you know, to say the least. And he was going pretty hard for this big baller brand shoe and everything. And, you know, having his children carry on the legacy and wearing the the clothes. Lonzo is a huge name. There's no doubt about that. And huge names deserve big contracts, naturally. So if you're Lonzo Ball, you probably are doing yourself a great disservice sticking with a brand that has no credibility it's shaky the shoe is ugly for one thing it just it looks like something you'd probably buy from walmart in a clearance aisle besides that owe it to yourself to have a big contract you owe it to yourself to be with a brand like nike or adidas that would be able to push your brand and help you get to a level where you want to be so lonzo cover up any tattoos you have a big baller brand, erase any sort of history you have, wash your hands of it completely, get the biggest, fattest Nike contract you possibly can because you deserve it. You deserve it. You owe it to yourself to, to be the best. Align yourself with the best. No more big baller brand. Anything, run as far away from your dad as you possibly can. <laughs> Speaking of stars, Zion Williamson came up again, basically from... First takes on Stephen A. Smith, who fired off a ridiculous hot take during a complex interview this week. 
in which he told the magazine that the NBA is prospering without him and that they don't need him. He said that the NBA is prospering without Zion Williamson and that they're certainly prospering without the New York Knicks being relevant. He said that basically being a native New Yorker and diehard Knicks fan, he would love to see Zion in a Knicks uniform, but the NBA is okay without Zion Williamson. Um, no, no Stephen A. Smith. The NBA is not okay with uh, without Zion Williamson. Obviously, Zion is a stud. He is probably one of the most physically gifted, most talented players at such a young age that we've seen in a long time. Obviously, he's getting a lot of comparisons to LeBron, um, just based on how much he's been able to dominate the game of basketball. So at this point, you want to see him come to the NBA. You want to see him. You want to see what he can do in this league. He's going to come in and completely dominate just off the bat. The only thing he's probably missing is a jump shot, you know, which a lot of players, you know, like Giannis, you know, these guys don't have jump shots. But, you know, uh, same thing with Kawhi Leonard when he came into the league. He tried his hardest to get a jump shot. And, you know, for a while he was trash, but he worked on his shot with, with a coach and basically got everything kind of to the way it is now. You know, he's pretty much automatic from three. So at this point, to not have Zion in the league would be devastating. You love to see a young guy like this with this amount of talent and continue to just carry the torch of the NBA and, and just see where where he goes from here. Just seeing Zion, how he's playing right now, you know, in this uh, in this tournament, he's he's the backbone of his team. You know, there was a very close game the other day, and Zion did pretty much all he could. He was very active on the boards, not last second play. Zion being right there under the basket, being a big body, being a presence, a very disturbing presence, might I add, definitely factored into Duke securing that victory, that very close victory. For me, this is the most I've watched Zion in a while. Every time he comes on, every time Duke is is playing, I make sure that I watch the games just basically to see, you know, what type of, you know, guy this, what he could be potentially if he's picked by the Knicks in the first round, you know, fingers crossed. I haven't seen anything like him in a long time. I haven't. And to be able to watch, you know, such a a presence for the NCAA, he's doing crazy for this tournament. He's doing great for college basketball. And you just want to to continue to root for this kid, and you, you want to see him go to a great NBA team. You want to see him translate well into the league. And as a Knicks fan, I absolutely hope he comes here, and I don't know what Stephen A. Smith is talking about. <laughs> we know the Knicks' chances of getting Zion are pretty high based on the tumultuous season that they've had, and it's been extremely hard as a Knicks fan to have to sit here and watch it night after night. A lot of games I've kind of turned off and discussed. A lot of games... I haven't even watched just because I don't want to be depressed about it. So even though things are so bad in New York, there is a bright spot. Enter the Brooklyn Nets. Now, me as a Brooklyn native, I never would have guessed that the Nets would have been so successful this season. I mean, they've been hovering around the sixth spot for a while. They have completely won games that they probably shouldn't have won. They've been hit with injuries throughout the season, and they still have been able to to do as well as they are doing right now. There was a game last Friday in which the Nets were in position to 
basically eliminate the Los Angeles Lakers mathematically from the playoff race. So Friday came, you know, that game uh, between the Nets and, and L.A., and the Nets ended up winning. And now the Lakers are completely, their hopes of being in, in, the, in the playoffs are gone. And that's at the hand of the Nets. You know, I watched the game. I was at a bar, like, with some friends. And, you know, there was it was competitive most of the game. And, I mean, you just, you see LeBron doing all he can and with everything that he has. But the Nets just, they're a cohesive unit. These guys are unselfish. They're swinging the ball. You got Joe Harris just draining threes. I mean, not to mention D'Angelo Russell, who's just been a complete star for this team throughout the whole season. He's been just phenomenal. I mean, he gets into the paint, he's throwing up floaters, he's hitting threes. His swagger's at an all-time high. He looks completely different from when he was a player on the Lakers, you know, a team that drafted him initially and then traded him afterward. They got to be kicking themselves after this, you know, especially to be eliminated at the hands of D'Lo and the Nets. You got to wonder, you know, what could have been, you know, with this kid if you would have kept him, you know, outside of the drama, you know, with him and Swaggy P that occurred on that team. You gave up on him and now he's back with a vengeance and he just looks like he's going to be a star for Brooklyn for many, many years to come. I hope Brooklyn's able to keep him. I hope that he stays there just so I have a star to watch in New York and feel good about, you know, rooting for a New York team and... D'Lo's just what you want in a star, a young guy who just, he's unselfish. He's got a great attitude about him. He's just got, like I said, that swagger. This is my favorite part of the NBA season. You got a bunch of teams scrambling to solidify their position, going into the playoffs. There's two teams that are, you know, especially interesting to watch right now. I would say OKC has just been an enigma. They've been really weird. They've been up and down. And now they're basically fighting for position with Utah, who's also been a really good squad. They've had their ups and downs, too. And, you know, you see these two teams kind of battling it out. If OKC, you know, ends up in that eighth spot, you know, right where San Antonio is, they're going to end up playing Golden State. So, you know, that's something they don't want. So OKC definitely wants to get that sixth spot. They'll end up playing Portland. So that's probably a, a better matchup for them. So they just have to continue to win games in these last few, you know, lingering moments of the season. Also really interesting, Denver and Golden State have identical records pretty much. So, you know, these teams, one of these teams can kind of go on a winning streak and, and sort of break away from, from each other. But for the most part, they're sitting, they're sitting neck and neck. The Western Conference is completely just... Everyone's pretty close. I mean, you know, you've got Portland and Houston. Uh, they're both, they're one games within each other. And it's going to be interesting to see where that goes, whether they go down a spot, they go up a spot. Also in the East, things are pretty close between Milwaukee and Toronto. Toronto being four games back from the Bucks, trying to fight for that number one spot. It's going to be very important for Toronto to want to gain that home court advantage going into the playoffs and, you know, having that crowd behind them. Toronto hasn't been doing what they want to do lately the past few years in the playoffs. You know, they've, they've had a lot of 
disappointments. So it's just important to get that home court advantage for them. Also, Boston and Indiana are basically neck and neck as well. You want to see one of these teams just kind of, you know, take control and, and get a, gain an edge. It's surprising to me that Boston is this close at this point. Never would have guessed it. I thought they would have been like a one seed or a two seed, but alas, they are, are where they are. And Indiana, who's just been without their star, Victor Oladipo, is shocking. You know, it's just completely shocking. You would think Indiana would have fell off the map, but they're still clawing. They're still battling. Those last three spots, six through eight, pretty much interchangeable at this point. So, you know, if you're Brooklyn, you want to keep winning games, you can kind of solidify your sixth spot right there. Um, You've got Detroit right on their tail, you know, one game out, and Orlando basically has an identical record to Detroit. Now, you could have Miami sort of like sneak in and, you know, kind of knock off either Detroit or Orlando or even get closer to Brooklyn, but I doubt that's happening. For me, I'd love to see Brooklyn continue to solidify or stay in that sixth spot. Uh, they probably end up playing Philly if that's the case, and I think that would be an amazing series. I think I've said this before in earlier podcasts. I'm going to try to attend a playoff game. Should I be able to get those tickets? That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. They're going to be super expensive, but if I'm able to see Brooklyn play Philly in the playoffs, I'd be completely elated about that. That's it, guys. That's been another episode of Four Quarters Podcast. We talked about playoffs. We talked about Lonzo Ball. We talked about Stephen A. Smith and his hot take on Zion Williamson in the NBA. Keep it locked um, going forward. You know, we got the playoffs um, right around the corner starting in April. So we're going to have lots of coverage on that. Also, you want to stay tuned to our Cesspool Network where you can find other shows about movies, pros and cons of things. We have a show about music, and we also have a show about fashion and sneakers. So continue to support us, continue to listen, follow us at Accessible Network on Instagram. You can follow me at Drew Goes In on Instagram, and continue to be a supporter of the Four Quarters Podcast. Peace.